want you to turn to a scripture with me in the short time we've got between now and midnight. Amen. Uh, to 1 John 5, 4. And I want you to begin to be very vocal tonight. How many of you could be vocal? Three or five of us. How many of you could be really vocal? Now, now that's good. Now you're getting vocal. Now I like that kind of spirit. Because, you know, uh, you know, the Word of God is not something that we passively sit by and just let it coast on by us, even though we're living on the coast. It's something we lay hold of together by our spirit of faith that's on our lives. Because our calling is not to be passive spectators. Our calling as believers is to lay hold, everybody say lay hold, of the promises of God and believe them until we see a result. You see, and, and that's what God wants, and He delights in us doing that. Isn't that right? Laying hold of it. When I first saw Kathy, I said, I'm going to lay hold of that girl. And I told the youth pastor, I said, make sure she's in my car tonight when we take the young people home. And I was staring into her eyes in the rearview mirror all the way home thinking, I love this, I love this, I love this girl. I've only just seen her, but I love her already. It wasn't instant, but it was close enough. And, and that was 43 years ago, and nothing's changed. She's still hot, and she's still great. Awesome. So, 1 John 5, 4. Are you there? Are you there? Let's, let's, can we do it in the, in, not in the nearly infallible version, can we do it in the New King James version? Do you guys have that there, New King James? You don't? Amen. We'll pray for your salvation. That's all right. I'm going to read it to you then in that case. This is what it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has, listen to the word, has overcome the world, our faith. This is the victory that overcomes tonight, our faith. I want you to say that out loud with me. This is the victory that overcomes our faith. And in this passage of Scripture, we see the journey toward it and the journey after it. This is the victory that overcomes. We are the overcoming believers and there is always going to be stuff for us to overcome so that we can be called overcomers. And when we become overcomers, he says to us, we have overcome by faith. Amen. Everything Kathy and I have achieved in our walk with God and in our time in ministry has happened because we've chosen to live by faith. Everybody say, by faith. And this is the victory that overcomes our faith. If we're born of God, how many people are born of God tonight? If you're born of God, and you're saved, and you know Christ, and you know your sins are forgiven, and you're ready for eternal life, you know that you're an overcoming believer. And if you're an overcoming believer, there will be stuff to deal with. Thank God that He trusts us to work through things and to believe through things and arrive at the destiny of our calling in life, not to be passive spectators, but to be spiritually, uh, mentally and physically on the front foot toward that thing that God wants us to have. Come on, amen. That's our place tonight in Jesus Christ. We were standing outside presence on the first night or the second night and as we stood there, all the crowds were starting to go in up the escalators up to the top level. And two women came across to us. Kathy and I were standing there. Two women came across and they said, what's all this about? What's going on up there? And immediately out of my spirit came this word, it's all about Jesus. And she said, yes, I know that. But what's going on in there? And we said, it's, it's a great spiritual time 
where men and women are getting stirred and motivated to believe God. They were so interested, weren't they, Kathy? They said, our children are talking about going there. We, we want to know what's going on. And, uh, you know, people want to know what we've got in our world that helps us to overcome. And, and look at, with me at Romans 10 and 8, because how do we overcome by faith? Romans 10 and 8 helps us to see that. Let's turn there right now, Romans 10 and verse 8. This is good, isn't it? Romans 10 and 8, this is what it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. In your mouth and in your heart. So here we see how do we as believers attempt the things that God has called us to do and believe for. We do it with a word from God. Amen. We do it with the written and a spirit-lifted word into our, our journey and we lay hold of him and he says to us, the word is near you. The word is not in some distant place that we've got to go and find it and apprehend it tonight and bring it back. It's not a guru mystery trip over into some part of Asia. It's actually right here in C3 Tugger. Amen. We can lay hold of him, his word, to our hearts and it's in our heart and it's in our mouth. And I believe tonight that miracles that you and I need are in our mouths. Miracles are in our mouth. Amen. You see, what I say about what I believe determines where I arrive. It's my calling as a believer to recognize that faith is simply choosing to believe the Word concerning my future and my destiny. So I recognize my faith is activating God's Word and God's work in my life and bringing me to the place where I need to be at. Have we had a few challenges in our life? Kathy and I, have we had a few challenges after 48 years of ministry? How long have you got? How many want to hear a few war stories that will depress you? I, I don't want to hear any war stories and go home tonight all discouraged and despairing and defeated and demoralized and Tonight, go home and make a decision. I'm going to backslide. I'm, it's too hard. If, if they can't make it, I can't make it. I want to leave you with an impression from God's Word that when you believe Him, when you trust Him, when you take His Word and you hear it and believe it and speak it, you're an overcomer and you're coming through that circumstance on the other side with a heart of faith before God. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering right now. Come on, let's give Him a... A good clap offering. Amen. So, without a doubt, faith is the conduit that God uses. He uses this vehicle to get through to us and bring down to us His supernatural flow in our world and in our lives. It doesn't happen any other way. We can't get it from any other source. The only way we can get it is to believe the Word and let the Word of God do its incredible work in us and when it does its work in us, it finds its way into our heart and then before long it starts coming out of our mouth. And we go happily all the way down our Christian journey going, you know what, I trusted his word and I got a result. I trusted his word and it came to pass. Amen. It came to pass and because of that I'm a rejoicing believer. I'm an overcoming believer and because of that I've got the confidence to preach and teach and tell others wherever I am in the world that trusting Christ works and believing His Word works. Amen. And so we need to be those kind of people tonight that let the conduit 
be free enough to flow down into our spirit and bring the supernatural power of God and release it into our world. Amen. All of us have got debts. Put your hand up if you've got any debts. Let me see your hand. Who hasn't got any debt tonight? Anybody without any debt at all? No debt at all? No debt at all? You don't have any debts of any sort? None at all? You're in a beautiful place. And, uh, you know, that really is the place for every one of us to overcome the power of debt and to overcome the power of discouragement and the power of depression for us to take a place in God's abundant life and get to that place where we break through and we overcome in Jesus' name. Are you with me? Have a look with me at 1 Timothy 6.12. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6.12. If you've got a Bible tonight, I know you've got an electric one. But go with me to these verses. If you don't have one, they've got one on the screen for you. 1.6.12. Listen to what this says. 1.6.12 says this. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold. That's not passive. That's not spectator sport. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. When I gave my life to Christ, I said, Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Take away my sins. Deal with my past. Wash away my shame. Take away my guilt. Give me a brand new start. And in the presence of other people, I made that bold confession. And ever since, I've been saying, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. I've been saying ever since, He is my Lord and my Savior, my King and my God. Amen. He not only lived a perfect life and died a sacrificial one and rose again from the dead and was ascended to the right hand of God, He actually is coming again. Amen. He's coming again. And the eyes of all those who looked upon Him will see Him one day. How many are looking for Jesus to come back? Because he's not, a, he's not just a story, a myth, an idea, a philosophy. He's a person. And He's coming back for you and I as real believers. I know Him as my Lord and Saviour and my coming King. How many of you know Him that way tonight? Tap your neighbour and say, I know Him. Amen. Come on, that's a good confession. You see, I know Him as my Lord and Saviour and as my King. Amen. So the way is not easy and stuff will attack us. There's no doubt about it. But things like fear do not have to control our world. We can be faith-filled, spirit-filled believers who live by the Word of God and we fight in faith and we have victory over all the things that want to defeat us over disease, over all kinds of trouble. We can overcome in Jesus' name. Who believes that? And we can have the victory through Jesus Christ. You know the scripture that says, that which I feared came upon me? You know, that, that fear is a form of believing just as faith is a form of believing. And, and, and fear is simply wrong, not non-believing. And what we need to recognize is God has given us this avenue of faith in our spirit, choosing to believe. We know what it's like to have all of the challenges coming our way with building a, a church of a thousand members with five satellite churches and building a school. I remember when we were about to start our school and the Holy Spirit had spoken to me. All of my colleagues in the ministry warned me against it. They said, Adrian, don't do it. It'll kill you. 
Adrian, don't build a Christian school. You must be a lunatic. And they gave me these words of encouragement. They, they, they thought they were encouraging me. They said, don't do it. There's no way you're going to achieve that. It's not going to be a story of success. And I said, you know what, guys? I'm not listening to your word. I'm listening to his word. And as I lay on the floor under the power of God, because I believe in the power of God like you do, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to start a Christian school. And he said, one of the signs I'm going to show to prove this is me talking to you is Channel 7 is coming to your church at 5 o'clock today. Come on, when God speaks to you, you've got to know you've got a word from God. And that very day when I got off the ground and looked at my staff and team, I said, guys, we're going to have a Christian school. They all went, "Woo! has he lost it now? Is he over the top? What's happening? And they said to me, how are we going to do it? And I looked at John Scott, who was my senior associate. I said, John, you're going to do it for me. Amen. And, you know, I don't know how he felt in the natural, but in the spirit, he rose up. And I said to him, John, within two years, we will begin on the January with a Christian school. He said, it can't be done. I said, it can be done. He said, it can't be done. I said, it can be done. He said, how do you know? I said, I know it can be done because I said it could be done. With the heart we believe, but with the mouth we confess. And within two years, that thing was established. Right now, there's a $3.5 million building going up on the property to service the needs of the, of the junior, the middle, and the high school, and the, what do you call it, the, the prep school right down the bottom. And there are hundreds of kids coming to a school that did not exist until the word of the Lord came. And I dared to believe it. And I dared to speak it out. Because until you hear it, believe it, and speak it, it lives in the no existence zone. But the moment you begin to believe it, and you hear it and believe it, and say it. Come on, am I speaking to the right church tonight? Or I, did, did I miss the church? Should I have gone down the road somewhere to the Anglicans, or, or the Baptists, or the Catholics? Should I have gone somewhere else? Or are you people going to be front-footed and believe the Word of God? And you know, right now, we've got a success story because we determined to believe. All those that said it couldn't be done, they've all come back now and they've gone, well, isn't this wonderful? It can be done. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Love them and, and forgive them. Because not everybody will have the kind of faith that you guys have got. We are the pioneers of a new generation, of a new day. And there'll be some people who look at us and think we're insane. Let them think what they like. I'd rather be insane for Jesus than live my life in a fear zone worrying about what people think of me. I could give two hoots about what people think of me. I'm too busy thinking about what He thinks of me. Amen. And she thinks of me. Kathy writes to me these incredible love notes now and then. Isn't it wonderful when your, your sweetheart writes you? She says, you know, you're an incredible man of God and you're this and you're that. And I go, did the postman deliver to the wrong person? What's going on here? But, you know, that's, that's the way God is in our lives. And we don't want to live our lives in fear. We want to live our lives in faith because fear is a form of believing and so is faith. And I've chosen to believe that we're not going under, we're going over. Hallelujah. We're not going under, we're going over. And we're going to conquer in Jesus' name. Because this is the victory. What is the victory, Pastor Our faith. 
Our faith is the victory. It predetermines the outcome before the outcome comes. It determines ahead of time. It's like it's a... It's, it's traveling ahead into the future and it gives us the ability to say, it's going to be done and it is done. Who's with me in Jesus' name? Oh, I tell you, it's a, just a wonderful thing to live our lives this way. We've done it with our finances. We've done it with our, uh, our children. We've done it with our marriage. We've done it with our church. We've traveled into 46 nations. We've gone with a dollar in our pocket. We've come home with a dollar in our pocket. And we've been able to believe God and travel around the world. And I tell you, it's only just begun. The shaking that's going on now around the world is just going to let the real believers shine. And right here in C3 Tugra, there's going to be some shining lights for Jesus. Amen. Don't worry about how many of there are. It's not about the numbers. It's about those who dare to believe. And if you look at the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11... There were ones and twos who determined the outcome of cities and nations and cultures. You all with me tonight? You see, women received, you know, children from the dead. It says kingdom shifted. All kinds of stuff happened because somebody chose to believe. Somebody set foot on a new period of history believing that the God we serve is a God who's called us to live a life of faith. Amen. And that's the life I'm going to live and that's the life I'm going to urge Pastor Phil and Julie to live, a life of faith regardless of the adversary's plans and purposes. Who gives a hoot what the devil thinks? He can go to hell. I don't care what he thinks. I only care what God thinks. Amen. And if I allow myself to entertain the lies, the deceit and the destruction of the enemy, I'll find myself retreating into a corner, you know, rolling up in a ball and living in a, in a fetal position for the rest of my life, hoping that the world doesn't get me. But we are overcomers, amen. This is the victory, our faith in God, amen. Our trust in the Word. And so we hear it, we believe it, and we speak it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I said, you know, I know time's short. Well, for some it is because we've got to rush home and go nowhere. How many of you got to rush home tonight and do nothing? I've just got to get there, Pastor Ray. I've got to get home. What for? Nothing. Stay holding on tonight to this message because this could determine your journey. This could determine your future. This could determine how you, as a believer, connect with the leaders of the house and go, you know what, regardless of what, I'm moving forward in faith. I'm going to be a faith-filled man and woman of God. I was in Pastor Claude's Father in the Faith house in Durban, South Africa. Pastor Claude's Father in the Faith has a church of 4,000 members. It's a cashed-up Holy Ghost Spirit church. As they're preaching the Word of God and as they're having their service, a woman in the front row, I think I told you, says, Pastor, Bishop, she calls him Bishop, Bishop Basil, could I bring an offering to the Lord? Could I bring an offering to the Lord? How many pastors in their right mind are going to say, no, sit down, don't bring your offering to the Lord? Nobody in their right mind is going to do that. You'd have to be insane, wouldn't you? And so he says, yes, sister, you can. They call them sisters and brothers, so that's all right. And so she gets up and she says, I want to bring $200,000 out of my savings into the house of God because the men have a testimony but the women don't. 
$200,000 out of her savings. If I was single, I'd have married that woman straight away. I mean, I mean what a woman of God. But not letting the men streak ahead, but here's a woman of God who believes I can conquer my world in Jesus' name by faith. What a spirit. What a conquering attitude. Amen. And you know, that day they paid cash for their new building. Five million rand came in the tithes and offerings in the morning and five million rand came at night and they paid cash for their new building. The people of God have got to dare to believe that the God we serve is not a weak, insecure, you know, insignificant God. He's an extraordinary, powerful, mighty creator who wants us to live in the spirit of faith. Amen. And he wants us to set foot on a new territory in our world and go, you know, I've lived over there, but I'm moving over here. Amen. Kathy and I made a decision years ago, we're going to move to Camden, where all the elite live. (laughs) You know, if you live in Camden, you have to be there 30 years to be recognized as a local. I went to the local hairdressers and he said, who are you? I said, what's it got to do with you in my mind? I didn't tell him that. I thought, what's it got to do with you? He said, are you a local? I said, yes, I am. I thought he wasn't even going to give me a haircut unless I was a local. He wanted to know. and I, He said, where do you live? And I said, I live in Grasmere. Oh, I see, he said. And he chipped, chip, 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 chipped away at my hair. I thought, don't you take any big pieces out there and leave me with bald patches. I need my hair. Amen. And, you know, but I confessed, didn't I, Kathy? Three years before we moved there, I said, we're moving to Camden. I had no reason to say it except I said it. And when I said it, it was out of my mouth. I hadn't even mentally thought about it or connected it in a clinical, mental relationship. I had said it and it became a reality because I believed it and I said it. And we moved there and we lived for seven years in a resort. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't, don't get all funny on me now just because I'm talking about blessing. Amen. Because every one of us want the abundant life that Jesus promised us in His Word. And we ought to be big enough to say, I know God wants us to step up and move out of where we were yesterday into another level of believing and trust Him for the future. Amen. We sold that and now a week ago we moved into our brand new house. Amen. Oh, shouldn't the pastors be poor? Shouldn't we keep the pastor poor so that he can't really believe God? Shouldn't we, you know, shouldn't we make it difficult for him, you know? Shouldn't we send him the old tea bags that we've been using all week and, and, and help him to think poorly? No, don't we want leaders that know how to believe God so that we can say, if they can believe it, I can journey in that faith as well. I can journey in that relationship as well. And you know what? Kathy and I have actually given a house to the Lord. So don't get all funny on me thinking, oh, he had a resort. Who does he think he is? No, we'd be happy to give it to God. Our faith is not in possessions. Our faith is in the Lord. Amen. And if you learn to hold things lightly, it goes. Off goes the car. Off goes the motorbike. Off goes the boat. Kathy says, the reason why you haven't got a boat, Adrian, is because the last rise and build, you gave it away. You should have thought about it before you gave it away. Well, I did think about it and I thought, my God, I need to sell it and give it to the Lord. It's no good me just enjoying it. She said, no more boats. I said, no, really? I feel backslidden without a boat. 
and I'm just playing with it, but I recognize this, that my faith can determine my future as I choose, and your faith right here can determine your future as you choose to believe His Word. Let me help you with this tonight. Let me give you five things that you ought to write down, think about, meditate on, go home and talk to each other about it or talk to the Lord about it. If you're on your own, you've got nobody to talk to. Talk to the Lord. You're not on your own. You're not alone. You're you're in a journey which is so wonderful. Let me give you five things on how to win. And I want to help you tonight. I didn't come here for me. I came for you. And I came to serve your pastors and your leaders. And I believe... If we have a spirit of breakthrough in our lives, we ought to be able to share it with each other. And so these five things I want to give you is to help you. They're how-tos. It's like an action list for you. I found out that until I hear it, believe it and speak it and write it, it doesn't exist. But the moment I hear it and I believe it in my heart and speak it with my mouth, Kathy will tell you I write a list. And when I write it, it exists. I'm believing for this. And then I begin to motivate my faith toward it. And this is how I do it. Number one, make a choice to overcome what your five senses are. Make a choice. Make a choice here tonight and reaffirm it constantly in your journey with the Lord that you will not obey your five senses. You will obey what you hear the word of the Lord saying to you. Why? Because your mind and your emotions are tied to your five senses. And you want to walk by faith, but your senses, your five senses, want you to be all twisted up in your emotions and your feelings. And if you're not careful, your feelings will talk you out of your faith. Your feelings will lead you in some insecure place where you'll find yourself backing away from the joy that lies before you. So make a choice to overcome what your five senses are telling you. Tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. I'm definitely talking to you. Amen. I'm not talking to someone else. I'm talking to Make a decision. Write it down. Say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to what my senses are. Because if you listen to everything in the natural of your world, you will only have a result in the natural. But if you listen to what the Spirit of God is saying by the Word of God and you choose to ignore that feeling that says you can't be there, you can never be this. When I was a young, 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 young Christian, I went out and bought a Ford Fairlane. (laughs) Poor man. It had black and white checkered seats. It had a sunroof. It had twin exhaust pipes. It had mag wheels. It was a 302 V8. It could take these impressors at the lights for a couple of feet anyway. And then we'd be left in the dust, you know. And, but I bought this thing. And when I bought it, my pastor at the time, who was a little bit insecure in himself, came to my house and he said, Who do you think you are? And I thought, If you don't know who I am, how is it I'm supposed to know who I am? And he says, who do you think you are? And I thought, well, I'm Adrian. Who are you? And he said, don't you realize you're at the bottom, stay there? This was a pastor talking to me. He wasn't talking to me by the Spirit. He was talking to me by sense knowledge, out of his mouth, not his spirit mouth, out of his natural-minded mouth. He's saying, you're at the bottom, stay there. And the day after, he went out and bought an LTD just to one-up me. 
He went out and bought it. He said, I'm at the top, you're at the bottom. I was at the bottom with a fair lane. I know you may not like Fords, but thank God Almighty, I had enough courage to step out in life and do what I believed. And it never got repossessed and I never sold it for his insecurity. I drove it until I was ready to sell it. And you know, if you obey sense knowledge, yeah, you will find yourself in trouble. Number two, here's number two, engage in a fight based on God's truth in spite of what your senses tell you. Engage in a fight based on God's truth. When everything else, when Christ's church falls apart at the seams like it is, when this town in, in Japan is swept off the earth and 27,000 people no longer exist. You've seen it in Chile when, you know, when the stuff's gone on there. When everything else fails and doesn't exist, This will be there. This unmovable, steadfast word of God. So base our fights not on any other belief, but this word of God. Amen. Because it's trustworthy. And no matter what you do, it will will maintain its position. It's maintained its position for thousands of years. And at the end of time, God will uphold the word. Are you with me? At the end of the journey, when we stand before Christ at the Beamer seat, which is the the seat of rewards, and the Lord's going, here's for you, Pastor Phil, seven crowns, amen. Here's for you, Andrew, 15 crowns, because you were doubled in the anointing. Here's for you, Garth, uh, 15 crowns, amen, because you stood up, amen. When the rewards have been given out, guess what basis it will come from? The Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, You know the scripture because the word is God. Amen. So we lay hold. We we engage in a fight based on God's truth in spite of what our senses tell us. Number three, go to Joshua 10.25 with me. Joshua, the book of Joshua. He's a champion man, this Joshua. Are there any Joshuas in the church? Are there there any Joshuas here? Joshua 10. Joshua was a conquering Spirit of God, man, 30 major cities, campaigns of faith all over the place. The guy had an, un, you know, an unstoppable spirit and he got that from his father in the faith and he got that from the word of the Lord himself. But you see this man of God here in Joshua 10.25 when he's wanting to conquer the five senses that want to rule our lives so that he can break through and take a city for God he actually recognises that the five senses are recognisable as five kings. Now, your faith can be king in your world or your senses can be king. your, Your feelings can rule or your faith can rule. It's up to you. Your emotions can rule or your faith can rule. What you see with your natural eyes. Some people can just see trouble and that's all they see. Other people can see God. The pure in heart see God, amen, in every situation they go, I can see God in this, I can see God at work in our church, I can see this, I can see that. And so Joshua begins to engage his faith this way and these five kings that he attacks really want to dismay him and that's exactly what the enemy would like to do to this church in this situation that you're in right now. You need this 70 plus thousand 100, whatever it is. You need that now. But the enemy would like to dismay you. The word dismay means tear you apart. 
The word dismay means for you to fall apart at the seams. And what he wants you to do is be so dismayed as though God hasn't acted, so get all troubled about it and let your faith fall apart. Joshua had a different spirit. And so it was, at verse 24, when they brought out those kings to Joshua, that Joshua called out for all the men of Israel and said to the captains of the men of war who, who went with him, come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And they drew near and put their feet on their necks. Imagine putting your foot on the neck of a king. This is an individualized application for you and I. Instead of letting our sense knowledge rule our world, Jesus Christ becomes the king in our world and every other king is subdued under our feet. Amen. We put our foot on, the, on that other sense in our world and he puts his foot on the neck of the kings symbolically showing to us that if we're going to conquer and break through, we need to break, break through in this area of not being dismayed even though God doesn't act as quickly as we want him to. How many of you know that between the, the Old Testament and the New Testament there's 400 years of silence? 400 years of silence. Imagine coming to church for 400 years and God doesn't talk. Eh? Eh? How, how would you sustain yourself? Oh, Pastor, to, to bring us the word of the Lord. Talk to us about God. And God never talks. 400 years of silence. God doesn't work on our time frames or our time clocks. We can't dictate to him and say, you do this by my time frame or you're out of here. He goes, you wait. I'll come when I'm ready. <laughs> he doesn't come on man's time, does he? He doesn't come according to our mind, our sight, our hearing, our smelling. He doesn't come on sense, knowledge, timing. He comes when he chooses to. Sometimes I say to God, would you please help us? We're doing your work, Lord. This is for you. This is not for us. And he goes, well, this is how I answer prayer. Wait. Well, I'd just like you to do something, God. Couldn't you throw a bit of dust up in the air and show us that you're near or something? Couldn't, couldn't you just help us a little bit here? Couldn't you break through a little bit? Eh? Uh -huh. But he wants us to use our faith to overcome. He doesn't want to intervene in every setting for you because he doesn't want to have to keep defending you when he knows you can defend yourself. He wants you to be an adult, strong. He wants you to be an overcomer. So he gives you the privilege of fighting some of these battles in his strength on your own. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul, you read the stories of Paul, a night, a day in the deep, 40 stripes, beaten up by his own brethren, another city, and, and we go in and preach, and I'm in jail tonight because I'm preaching. And the Lord has said to him, nobody will harm you in this city, it's all right. He goes straight to jail and has a revival in a jail, amen. Nobody's going to harm you, but his feet and his hands are fast in the stocks, but he begins to worship and glorify God at the midnight hour, amen. In the trouble, he says, no, this is all part of it because I'm an overcoming believer. Amen. And he testifies to the way to break through. Amen. He's beaten up for preaching and believing to be a man of faith. 
And rather than the believers coming to encourage him, he goes to the next place to encourage them. He says, don't worry, Andrew. It's not going to harm you, this stuff. They go, well, that's nice, Lord. How nice is that? And then the trials start coming. And he wants you to trust him and be an overcoming believer in the midst of all that. Who's with me tonight? Amen? Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. All right. Here's number four for you. Number four. If you're writing down, if you're not writing, you've obviously got the memory of an elephant. Uh, If you're not writing, it's okay. You've obviously got some other way of taking hold of this. But number four, I think you should lay hold of the revelation of John 14.30 in the Amplified Bible. John 14.30. Everybody say to their neighbour, John 14.30. Who's got an Amplified Bible at home? John 14.30. John 14.30. I'm saying it repetitiously for it to sink into your heart and mind. John 14.30. When you go home, look it up in the Amplified Bible or in your electronic Bible, whichever one you have. And this passage of Scripture is a revelation to me that I've laid hold of. And literally... It tells me that the enemy of my soul, the adversary called the devil, there are three things in this scripture. I don't have the scripture with me, but you can look it up. It makes it very clear that the enemy has no claim, no place, and no power over my life. The enemy has no claim, no place, and no power over me. I belong to God. I'm washed in the blood. I belong to Jesus. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. The enemy of my soul who wants to defeat me at every turn and defeat this church has no power. He has no claim, no place and no power over my life. Tell your neighbour he has no claim. Tell them he has no claim. He has no claim. He has no place. He has no place in your finances. He has no place in your family. He has no place in your home. He has no place in this church. If you read the book of Nehemiah, the adversaries of the Lord encamped in the temple. They tried to get into the church and aggravate from the inside. We need to declare in the name of Jesus, He has no place here. Amen. He cannot dwell here. He cannot move in and negotiate with us. We've got nothing to talk to him about. Amen. Everything he has is a failure. Everything God has is a success. Amen. So let's not try to get on some terminology with the adversary, people looking for devils. I'm not looking for the devil. I'm recognizing without a doubt he has no claim, no place, and no power over me. I'm an overcomer. Amen. Don't give him room. Don't rent him a room. Oh, just come and stay with me for a few days. I'll mess up your life. And it'll be marvellous. You'll have to sort it out. No, don't even contemplate going there. Stay right away from the adversary of your soul by recognition of the revelation of who God is in your life. In the name of Jesus, can you shout amen? Amen. Can you shout amen? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Because that's who we are in Jesus Christ. Here's number five. And we're doing all right because, look, it's not midnight. This is number five. I want to give this one to you. Declare your victory before it comes. You've got to confront and subdue the stuff that's wanting to confront and subdue you by declaring your victory before it comes. And this is how you do it. You go, you know what? Financial disaster will not rule over me. I haven't even had a toaster repossessed in my journey. 
Not even a toaster, man. I've lost nothing back into the hands of the adversary in 48 years of being a believer. We've given generously to God in every opportunity. We've never let the basket go by wherever we are. We gave this morning. We're off staff now. We don't have a set wage, but we have a set God. Amen. And He controls our destiny. Amen. And we declare the victory ahead of time. It's time for you to speak up. It's time for you to speak up. I know in Australia we're pretty placid and a little bit complacent and we don't talk to stuff unless we get really annoyed. True. But we've got to learn to live in a balanced, biblical manner and recognize my declaration has power. It has power. And so I declare ahead of time that this will not rule over me. Depression won't rule over me. Defeat and despair won't rule over me. I'm not going to be bound by those things. Financial disaster won't rule over me. I've made up my mind. He has no access to my family, to my health, to my home. I declare ahead of time that through Christ I have the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to start making a few declarations right now. Some of you are going to sit there with your arms folded and just look at me and say, well, you go ahead, preacher. You do what you like. You do what you like. But I'm urging you tonight to get off the spectator seat, get off the passive zone and the complacent zone and make a declaration and go, you know what? The enemy's not ruling over our house. This is a house for God. And we're going to maintain it and build it until Christ comes. Amen. And uh, in the generations to come, there will be a group of people living in this house living in this great uh, facility and ministry. And you know what? They'll be looking at the result of our faith and our believing. And they'll be going, the people that came before us were pioneers. They were prepared to pay a high price and they weren't prepared to give up or back off or, or negotiate with the adversary or tune it out. They held the ground. Amen. When Kathy and I handed our uh, church at Mount Adam over to our youngest son, we gave them over 20 pastors. We gave them over $10 million worth of assets. We gave them a Christian school. We gave them five, uh, five and a bit satellites. They've now started Goulburn, C3 Goulburn. They're driving down there to the cold part of the country. It's cold. You think it's cold here, man. It's colder there. You go through there and you start shivering in your car, even before you feel there. But they've started there. And in May, I think it's May, there's a young couple... Uh, in Mount Annan Church who have sold all their possessions, they've sold all their furniture, all their belongings, and they've got nothing but their suitcases, and they're moving kamikaze to China. Never to come back. Never. Oh, they'll come back for presents probably, and they'll come back for, they'll come back for some other things, but they're not coming back because of any other reason. They're coming back for right reasons, but they're not coming back. They're, they're going there to build a house for God in a nation of 1.4 billion people. Come on, amen. Oh, that looks ridiculous. How could one young couple with a little baby moving to China have any impact? But you see, God and you are a majority. And if we're willing to step out, as Pastor Phil said, out of the boat into the destiny of tomorrow, we can become world changers and world shakers and history makers and prove that the word of the Lord that God has given us literally works in Jesus' name. Amen. Who's with me tonight? Come on, let's make some declarations in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to the Lord together. Let's everybody in the whole house as a united 
group of believers tonight, lift up our hands to God. The Bible says, let men everywhere lift up holy hands to the Lord. Let the men particularly, he says, lift up the hands as a sign of their dependence on the grace and the power and the favour of God. Let the women rejoice, but let the men rejoice. And let's just thank God gratefully that he's brought us this far by faith. The opposition that wants to come against us is nowhere near strong enough to stop us in a united manner as we prevail in Jesus' name. We are more than conquerors. We're overcomers. Let's say it out to God. We are an overcoming church. We are an overcoming generation. We are more than conquerors through Christ who raised us up from a Christless grave, gave us an anointing, put His Spirit upon us, called us as holy men and women of God and gave us this calling of ambassadors of the gospel of Christ on the planet earth. Amen. We're here in Jesus' name and we declare our victory tonight. We will have the victory. We are more than conquerors. We will have the finance that we need. According to God's word, we will break through again and again and again in the name of Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' mighty name. We give glory to you, Lord. And we praise and magnify our God together right now in the name of Jesus.